This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's so weird to be in the studio, but it's awfully nice to see Sharina. And it was very interesting taking this drive up here. I find it incredible that I used to do this every single day. This took two hours of my life every single day, if there were no accidents and no traffic. And I put 249,000 miles on that car. Uh, I don't drive that car anymore. It finally gave up the ghost. But I was uh, cruising up here in my Beamer. Had to throw that in. And I, uh, and I, had, this, I had this epiphany that it is a blessing that I still get to talk to you guys every single day, but I don't have to leave the house. I walk into the studio, I set my stuff up, I flip one button, that's all, just one switch, and I immediately hear Sharina's lovely voice on the other end, and away we go. So that's, that's my positive statement about technology. Now trust me, it'll be the only positive statement you hear from me today about technology, because the other side of this is that I am truly frustrated with what I see as there's nothing that I can view anymore. There are no websites I can visit. There are no uh, live places. I thought Rumble was gonna be the answer. Nope. I thought that we could find Parler to uh, fill the void. Nope. Twitter, Elon Musk bought it. I thought we're good to go. There's so much censorship right now, again, towards conservatives that I'm basically swearing off social media platforms and all of these. If I don't need to use it for work, I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I had a conversation last night, and I'll say this briefly. I don't want to blow anyone's uh, anonymity, but I had a conversation last night with some very well-heeled um, women from Palm Beach County. Now, I don't come up to Palm Beach County except under duress. I, you know, Boca gives me hives. Um, West Palm is just too far. And there's something different. There's something different in the water. It's kind of like Washington, you know. If you drink enough Boca water, you turn into like a Boca babe. And I, I just can't. But these these three, one, two, three women, that uh, four women actually, that I, um, I met with yesterday were the antithesis of what I've generally known. Um, first and foremost, they were trying to sell me on some of the greatest conspiracy theories I've ever heard in my life, and it was highly entertaining, but I had to keep reminding them that my job, and I'm reminding you right now, because I get your emails and I get your messages, and I understand that you get very frustrated with me and that you think I'm like this one-trick pony and that trick is Trump, but let me tell you something right now. Stay 
focused. Stop looking at all the shiny things. That's what the magician does. He holds up a shiny thing in his right hand, and then he's actually doing all the dirty work in his left hand. And that's what's happening to you. Once again, it's like, oh, the popularity of Ron DeSantis. We're in trouble. Oh, my God. People don't like Trump. Everybody hates Trump. The latest polls, and not from friendly sources, show that Trump is leading Ron DeSantis by 15 points. And Ron is out there doing a book tour where everybody's clapping. Mind you, he goes to Staten Island, which is the last bastion for Republicans in the city of New York, and 139 people showed up to see uh, Ron DeSantis, okay? 139 people show up 80 days before a Trump rally. Well, maybe not 80 days, but certainly 80 hours before a Trump rally. And then by the time the rally begins, there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of people in attendance and watching it on a screen. But you guys want to keep telling me that he's in trouble and Ron is the problem. I'm going to, I'm going to remind you all of what I've said from the beginning. In East Palestine right now, there's not a single Ron DeSantis supporter, okay? And in cities all across America where they are being ignored, where they consider themselves once again the forgotten men and women, not one of them has bought Ron's book, okay? And none of them are seriously considering voting for him for any reason, and that's the truth. This will be a replay, a redux of 2016, because the forgotten man has been forgotten all over again. And there's only one person that knows how to talk to them, and that's Donald Trump. And if the Republican Party wants to continue to play this game, like, well, let's be open-minded and let's hold on and we're going to have a primary and we'll get to hear all the ideas. If you want to play that game, go right ahead. If I were in leadership, and I spoke to Newt Gingrich about this uh, just uh, yesterday, actually. I said, if I were in le leadership, I'd quiet the clowns. And I would tell the clowns, wait, just wait and don't say another word because you're all going to have so much egg on your face. And I am speaking to you, my friend, who I know is listening to the show. Well, actually, there's two of you, my friends, that I know are listening to the show. You're going to owe me the biggest steak dinner ever. I, I, this time I want a cow, okay, because that's how hard I've had to fight this battle. That's how I had to literally, I didn't lose friends the first time over Trump. I really didn't. A family member or two, but no friends, right? Over this, I, I've cut people loose that I never believed I would cut loose. And, and I'm going to keep them cut loose even after he's president. And the reason is because the one thing I value more than anything else is loyalty. I don't think you can have integrity if you have no loyalty. If someone shows up and delivers on all their promises for me, if someone fulfills their obligation, whether it's uh, redesigning my kitchen or leading my nation, I will be indebted to them and I will be loyal to them. That doesn't mean they could get away with anything. But what exactly are we talking about? For the last, well, let's say the last seven years, they have thrown everything they had at this man. Access Hollywood tapes. Uh, uh, books by, I don't know, cousins or nieces or nephews, everything. Books by, by well-known Washingtonians. And everybody had something horrifying, something that would make your skin crawl to say about Donald Trump. And what, what did that all do? It didn't help him in the election, but it didn't hurt him. What hurt him was that everybody, including him, and he will admit this himself, took their eyes off the prize.
and thought that it would be enough to just run on his record. It will never be enough again for Republicans to win on their records, no matter how good their records are. If you're not willing to do the same thing that the Democrats are willing to do to win an election, you will never win another election, which is why I'm overjoyed, because all I hear Trump say in these last few days is, hey, you know, we have to look at ballot harvesting. Damn right, we have to look at ballot harvesting. We have to look at everything that worked for them the last time. Because if we don't, then we're fighting an uphill battle. And I'm not, I, I don't need to fight an uphill battle. We should be able to cruise to victory as, as a, well, I'm not a Republican, but that party should be able to cruise to victory very simplistically, run on the record. You just try to picture this, because see, I play these things out in my mind, unlike you, who sit there and listen to, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly, and then, and I love these guys, don't get me wrong. And then you listen to Laura Ingram, and then you listen to Sean Hannity, and then you listen to Mark Levin, and they're all telling you this uh, scenario that they have self-created, and you buy it, and you stop thinking. I never stop thinking. And I play out the long picture, right? So I picture the first primary, and I don't care who's in that primary, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Mike Pence, throw in any name you want, Mike Pompeo, uh, you know, just fill up the stage like it was filled up in 2016. Okay, fill it up. And the first time the moderator says to the uh, entire group, so uh, how are you going to handle the crisis at the border? And Trump just leans back, crosses his arms and waits to hear what they have to say. And when it gets to his turn, he says, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. Only this time, I hope the Republican Party will follow. Mic drop. Okay. then the next question, what about the economy? How are we going to pull this economy out of a potential stagflation, inflation, uh, recession, depression, everything else that, uh, that they like to ask? And Trump will lean back once again, cross his arms and say, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. And I'm going to make sure that American businesses are doing business in America. And I'm going to cut off China. Whoa! What are you going to do? Mic drop. What are you going to do about foreign policy? We have Russia threatening us. Uh, they, they left the, uh, ch- the new treaty, the new star treaty. We have uh, China giving Putin money and weapons and fighting in the Ukraine. What are you going to do about the war in Ukraine? And Trump's going to lean back and he's going to say, I'm going to let uh, Europe handle it because it's their problem. It's not ours. And I'm not poking the bear or the dragon in the chest like this administration. Mic drop. And the rest of the stage is standing there trying to emulate what he's saying because that's the winning formula. All he has to do is articulate what he's already done. And the fact that the Republican Party sits around here and wants to mess with this upcoming election, somehow they think it's a good idea to, to oh, well, we're, we're the big tent and, and we welcome people. And look at this. We have a Harvard-Yale graduate and, and they can run the country. They ran Florida really well. Okay, you know, it's a whole lot different running the country than it is running Florida. It's a whole lot different when you're a person who's never signed the front of a check, never owned a business. Ron DeSantis worked for the government his entire career. First, he was in the military. Then he came into the uh, service through civil service and got elected to Congress. Well, first he got elected to the state house, then to Congress and then to uh, the governor's mansion. Okay, he's a politician. He's a political animal. He has never owned a business. He's never run anything. And to say that he runs the state of Florida is pretty overstated. Okay, the state of Florida after uh, Rick Sant- um, 
Rick Scott left was in very good shape. All you had to do was not mess it up. I'm sorry. You know, he picks the culture war battles that I like. Okay, I'll give him a round of applause. I see him preparing himself for a future run, but stop encouraging this nonsense because what you'll get us to do, what you'll get people like me to do is dig in so deep that we won't even be able to hear you anymore. You know, for me to cut off people that I care about because they just, they're like broken records. Like, well, you know, people can't stand it and this is really affecting the Republican Party. Mm. The only people it's affecting are the bureaucrats and the people who are so entrenched in the Republican Party that they are scared to death of Donald Trump. Last time he went there, he messed up their whole game, right? They couldn't play anymore. They got like scoped out of positions of power. China was uh, left uh, gaggling. Uh, Russia was too scared to make a move on the Ukraine. Yeah, they don't like that. They like all this controversy. They like to see wars and rumors of wars. Well, trust me, I've read the book. I've read the whole book from Genesis to Revelations. I know how the story ends, okay? God wins. Let me take a break. Don't forget, I have my guest, Howard Galganov, is in the studio. He is uh, from the lovely, lovely country of Canada, although I'm sure with Justin Trudeau as his prime minister, it's not that lovely anymore, uh, but he's a frequent uh, visitor here to the United States, and I, I actually consider him a quasi-citizen. He loves this country more than my friends who are born in this country love this country, which is quite a statement. He has his own uh, newsletter and web, web presence that's huge. I read him every single day when he's riding every day. I have uh, crossed the country with him on a motorcycle. I've driven across Canada in mo on motorcycle rallies with him and to Texas. We've been everywhere together and uh, he is a bird of my feather. So don't forget, download the app, the 850 app, so you can join all these contests or go to the website 850WFTL and you'll have an opportunity to participate. I think this, this coming week, we're not only giving away the Jupiter Lighthouse tickets, but we have some more gift certificates for, what's the name of that restaurant, Bole? Bole. So you ought to be on the website or have the app. I'll be right back. So the, the best... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Moment so far in this uh, encounter with my friend Howard, who I haven't seen in a year or more, more than a year actually, right? Anyway, the best moment was when he turned to me and said, is there anything that I can't talk about? on this show, he said like, you know, I, I don't like Fox News. And I said, what was my reaction? I can't say it over the, uh, over the air. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, 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 Joyce, I have no idea why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I heard your monologue. 
Uh, I've got nothing left to say. <laughs> uh, I've been promoting this on Galganov.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume there's an awful lot of people who read my blog who are listening to this. Hallelujah. And uh, I feel terrible and I apologize because I think I'm going to sit here in silence and no, listen to Joyce speak for the next uh, 45 minutes. It never happened. But uh, but nice, nice. That that was uh, actually very, very classy of you. So now I will engage you as I am so uh, good at engaging people. You know, you said to me uh, that, you know, would I, would I defend Fox News? And I, I have to tell you, I watch exactly two hours of television a week, period. And both of the shows happen to be on Fox. And as of Sunday, I have now eliminated both of those hours. So I no longer watch any Fox. So you, you might not know this, but when Fox News first came to Canada, they wanted to... Uh, to censor or edit Fox News just like Al Jazeera. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the people who went to Parliament Hill to make sure the Fox News can be heard in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just one of many. But I was one of those people, and I was thrilled when Fox News came on the air, and they did a terrific job. They really did a fabulous job. But over the years, Fox News, I guess once the uh, Murtaugh brothers uh, took over, from uh, dad. or the family, from dad, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's been moving slowly, uh, to the left, uh, to the point where it's insidious and it's becoming more and more. And what's really turned me off enormously with Fox News, like like here, we're in the studio and I'm, I'm looking at a muted Fox News on the wall. And, and what's up now? It's, it's the Murdoch trial, a Murdoch, Murdoch trial. Right. Murdoch trial. So this is cheap programming. Mm-hmm. This, this mm-hmm. doesn't inform anybody of anything. Mm-hmm. It has no social value, no social graces. It's not going to change anything. But for days and days on end, that's what we're watching. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's cheap. It's, it's cheap programming. And then when they do do real news, uh, and, and they do real news, the problem now, and, and, and I had noticed this in the car coming here, they were talking about certain things about COVID and, and other things, and they're talking about Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And then they talked about the former president. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even, even use mention name. Trump's name. And mm-hmm. I see this every day, more and more and more, and I write about it all the time. They won't mention Trump's name. It's almost as if it's poison. And the only uh, cable uh, news station, the only broadcast station left in North America that I'm, I, I'm aware of is Newsmax that, that, that carries uh, Fox rally, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Trump rallies live mm-hmm. and will give them uh, airtime. And now they're, they've been basically thrown off of uh, the internet, of the off the cable channels. Yeah. And, and this isn't right. And what I see happening in America, and, and I believe it's this weekend, uh, we're looking for the, uh, for, for the various uh, uh, conservative groups who are going to be meeting. CPAC, yeah. CPAC. And then the, al- the uh, alternate one where Governor DeSantis is going. DeSantis is going. Uh, Pence is going. They're all going to speak. The only one that I'm really aware of that has been invited not to to be there is Trump. Right. Now, but he'll be I, at CPAC. He'll be the he'll only be, one he, at CPAC. He, he, that's correct. He'll be at CPAC and, and he's the, uh, he's the uh, keynote speaker. However, unless my statistics are wrong, and I'm sure you're going to tell me right away, almost 50% of the members of the Republican Party support Trump. And if you take away 
the members of the support of, of the Republican Party and the people who would generally support the Republican Party is probably an awful lot more than that. Yeah. So and, he, and I'm going to say, you know, I, my prediction, you know, and I, I did this yesterday on the air and I have to stand by this. People will have the tape of me doing this. We put it up on podcasts so that there's proof that I say these things. And I said that that forgotten man wasn't just Republicans in 2016. That forgotten man was blue-collar Democrats in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in Wisconsin, in Arizona. Those were the people who came out and put him over the top. Now, the challenge for Trump, of course, is to uh, be able to fight fire with fire because the elections are rigged, and if you can't prove it, it doesn't matter. But what you need to do is have a team of lawyers that you've paid for, not that the Republican National Committee has paid for, at every polling station where there's even the slightest opportunity for some kind of malfeasance. I met with a woman last night who was working in Palm Beach at the polling station and literally watched them insert hard drives in and change the vote tallies so that Ron DeSantis's numbers went up in the governor's race. Now, of course, she wasn't that upset about that. She was just upset about the fact that they were able to do that in full view in front of the lawyers that the RNC had there and nobody squeaked. She called her uh, state representative. She called her congressman. She called the state senator. She called both uh, federal, you know, national senators. And nobody wants to hear her story and nobody wants to touch it. It's like I, I helped a young man run for a, um, a congressional seat who happened to be a member of my church against a very well uh, appreciated Democrat in Broward County, which is a, a battle that you're fighting uphill. You hope that you can maybe make a move, you know, and at the end of the day, she won, and she won because there were 348,000, no, actually, there were 548,000 mail-in ballots that showed up at the end, even though there's only 348,000 people living in that district, both Democrats and Republicans. And I took it to the public. I said it on the air. I called the RNC. I called the RPOF. Nobody cared. You know, the difference between the Republican insiders and the Democrat insiders specifically is who gets to control that piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. That's all it That's is. That's all it is. And the, the problem with Trump, and it's a great problem, is that uh, he can't be bought. He, he can't be play. bought. He can't be owned. Uh, he can't be controlled. And he's pissed. He's really upset. Mm -hmm. And he, he has every justification to be upset. And forget about all of the, 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 the shenanigans that went on in, in 2020. Forget about it. We can't prove it. We know what happened. Mm -hmm. We know that the, the election was cheated. At least I know that I believe the election was cheated. But I know it was cheated because the New York Times admitted it. Mm -hmm. They said Absolutely. we colluded. All the media got together to collude against Donald Trump mm -hmm. and social media colluded against Donald Trump. And now we're, we're learning, of course, we knew that, that uh, uh, all of those investigations against Trump, Russia, 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 Ukraine, and everything else, it was all BS. We know that mm -hmm. because they've admitted to it. But nobody is in an orange jumpsuit over it and any more than, you know, than the nightmare that we just endured with the COVID phenomenon where you really saw how a bureaucracy 
was running the show. It wasn't our elected representatives because they were evenly split on lockdowns and everything. Actually, they weren't evenly split. They predominantly didn't want lockdowns, and yet they were being dictated to by Anthony Fauci and you know the NIH and the NSAID and all of the World Health Organization. And I'm sitting here every day on the air saying, well, wait a second, you know, why can't we talk about natural immunity? Why aren't we listening to Dr. Jay Bhattacharya? Why aren't we listening to these doctors? What's the problem until it dawned on me? It's the same problem we see in Washington in every way, shape or form. They don't want to give up any power. And you know what they proved with COVID, which really was the, the, the lesson that everybody should walk away from this was, that they could tell us to go in our houses, close the doors, and not come out until we were told we could come out. They proved we that they it. could do that. Oh, yes, we did. Not uh, just uh, us. Uh, Canada, uh, Europe, South America, uh, China, Japan, everybody did it. So for the people who don't know, uh, my wife and I are Canadian. Well, you know, we're Canadians because Joyce spilled the beans. And you sound like it. Yeah, we don't have an accent. <laughs> so as a Canadian, both my wife and myself, we love America. We really do. And, and we, we've considered taking out or, or applying for uh, uh, citizenship. Uh, we thought about it. Uh, we're too old for that now. I'm a lot younger than you, but mm. actually I'm a lot older than you. I, I said that <laughs> wrong. Don't hit. So anyways... We thought about it, but we spent the last uh, six years before the uh, before the shutdowns living in Texas over the winter, and we loved it. We loved Texas, and then we decided we're getting too old to schlep a, a, a 41-foot RV across the continent to Texas. We'll come to Florida, mm, where the weather's actually choice. nicer, yeah. and it, it's 1,400 miles, not 2,000 miles. So and we, you got family here. And we have family. We have friends and family, mm-hmm. uh, and so we decided to do that, and then we were here three years ago when the virus first broke out and all of my friends and family said you got to come home you got to come home now and we said why they said well they're going to shut the border down well they weren't uh you're not going to get your insurance any longer they're canceling your insurance well they weren't uh you can't get gas on on the highways to go home because all the gas stations are being closed that wasn't true you won't be able to get food on the way home well that wasn't true either and there's roving gangs it's going to be very dangerous uh for you and 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 Anne and and in the time we had our other german shepherd to, uh, uh striker it, it's going to be very dangerous here well none of that was true but we were all pushed to the uh, to the envelope to the end hold that thought hold that thought we got to take a quick break um we are talking my with my friend howard galganov galganov.com if you want to see his writing you can pull it all up there and sometimes you can even see a comment from me below i try not to do that too often because you know it detracts from watching the others who get really crazy on that thread let me take a quick break we'll be right back so welcome back. My guest is Howard Galganov. He's in the studio. And prior to the break, I asked him about COVID. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the vaccination process and how it was different in Canada than it was here, but it really wasn't. So, Well, Canada is very different from the United States. So you guys are uh, a republic. You're a constitutional republic. Uh, you have a lot more freedoms. Uh, they're, they're slowly, or I shouldn't say slowly, they're quickly uh, diminishing. True that. Canada is a parliamentary system where the uh, Prime Minister of Canada basically has 100% of the authority over the country. He can decide to do whatever the hell he wants, and he is doing that. We're also a socialist country, uh, moving further and further closer to uh, communism. 
Uh, he's a, a, a Justin Trudeau is a tremendous proponent of uh, of China. He, he he loves the Chinese communist system, and he says so publicly. Uh, not as much any longer because there might be an election on the horizon. However, uh, we were forced to get the vaccines. So you weren't forced in a hard way, but if you wanted to do anything, including feed yourself, you had to show proof of a vaccination. So we wanted to come to the States uh, when, the, uh, when the virus first broke out. So we had to get vaccinated by law. Now, this is an American law saying we, we can't cross the border without a vaccination. Anne and I, my wife and I, didn't want to be vaccinated, but we had no choice. We wanted to come and spend the, the uh, winter in the States. And, and we live on a farm. We have horses and we didn't want to. I'm old enough that I've seen enough winter in my life. <laughs> and. So here we are, we, we went and we got the vaccinations, and after our second vaccination, which was mandatory, they closed the border. We couldn't go to the States. We could if we wanted to fly. We got a 41-foot RV, and I don't want to live in a hotel. I, like, I love my RV because I'm sleeping on my bed, my sheets, my pillowcases. It's my home, right? So now we're, we have a problem. So where are we going to go if we want to get away from winter? So the, the only place we can go in Canada would be the, the West Coast, the British Columbia. That was the biggest nightmare Anne and I have ever spent over two years because we had to do it for two seasons. And it's very far. We're going across the Rocky Mountains. The roads are just horrific. And if you've ever driven through the Rocky Mountains by car, that's a challenge. Try doing it with a truck and a 41-foot RV. <laughs> It, it, it was a nightmare. At one point, Anne was actually in tears going over this place called the Coquihalla Highway. <laughs> and and you're, you're literally suspended between mountain cliffs. So anyways, we went there. We had a horrible, horrible time. And then we were basically uh, coerced into taking a third shot, the booster. We took the booster and they said, OK, we're going to open up the border now to people with vehicles to drive across. That was a, that was a thrill and a half until we went into Washington State, and we found out, what a crap pan. It was just horrible. People living on the streets, <laughs> filth absolutely everywhere. If, if you see this stuff on Newsmax or Fox News or wherever you might see the living conditions in places like Oregon or, or Washington State, it's nothing like you think it is. It's worse, much, much worse. LA and San Francisco, the same. Uh, so we took our shots. Two weeks after I took the shots, I developed this incredible pain in my chest. It lasted for weeks upon weeks. It wasn't a heart attack. I didn't have symptoms of, of my left arm being numb. I, 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 I was able to breathe. I wasn't sweating, but I was in terrible pain. And, and we're 4,000 miles away from home. And then all of a sudden, I started developing stomach pain, it, it, tremendous stomach pain. And it went on and on and on. It was 24-7. I finally had the test. Now, in Canada, if you want to have tests, by the way, you want to see a doctor, no problem. It's free health care. Everybody gets it for free. You might have to wait a year to see a doctor, but you get it for free. And okay. Then when you, and then when you see the doctor, by the way, uh, and you have that appointment, the follow-up might be another six months. That's I'm sorry to say that, but that's the way uh, your health care is going to go, too, eventually, unless oh, yeah. things change. So now I found out that I've got Crohn's disease. I was never, never had anything like that in my life, two weeks after the shot. And then I find out that my heart was, was, was so painful because of the shot. There was no other explanation. The, the heart pain is gone. The Crohn's disease is now forever. And 24, I, you know when I know I don't, uh, I'm not in pain? On the few days when I'm not in pain or discomfort. I'm okay right. now. Right. It's probably because of you. 
That's I'm it. okay now. I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sav. I, I'm but relaxed. I have some friends who just came down from North Carolina, and the the gentleman was is fit. He's always been fit. Uh, regular exercise. They left uh, the Philadelphia area, went to a beautiful part of North Carolina. They have a lovely home, and an RV like you, you know. So they travel, um, and he said to me, Joyce, ever since I had those shots. He said, I have chronic fatigue syndrome. He says, I just have no energy. I get sick and I stay sick for a long period of time. You know, th- my poor producer will tell you, how long have I had this cold? Like months. Yeah, months. I, I no longer have the resilience or the, or the immunity that I had developed over years of taking very good care of myself. It went bye-bye with that booster shot. Just, you know, two words that we should never have to hear again. Trust me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I'm sure most of the people listening to this broadcast know about uh, our truckers in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and it's beautiful. And Anna and I spent money uh, supporting our truckers. I sent money to we, them. We, we, we ran with them. And, and, and Joyce knows full well, and I know full well because of Joyce. Uh, we stand up for everything conservative. We stand up for, for the values that we were raised with. We stand up. I might not be a religious person. Uh, Joyce is. But let me tell you, I stand up for the rights of people to, to live and, and enjoy uh, their religion and, mm-hmm. and enjoy the values that have been bestowed upon us. And, and I look at what's happening in Canada now, and, and they've just passed a law through Parliament that restricts freedom of expression on the Internet. Yeah. So I might find myself being one of those people who are coming to the States for asylum. <laughs> Exactly. Now I might have to go to Mexico right. and figure out how to the border. How am I going to slip a forty-one foot RV across the Rio Grande? Tell uh, me. Fill it with uh, fentanyl, and uh, you'll you'll get a pass. Uh, apparently, I, I mean, uh, how do they get, get all this fentanyl into the country? I'll get free health care. If you go to Mexico, you can have free health care. No, when I here. come back, no. Why not? I don't know. The ones coming across from Mexico are getting free health care, yeah, getting free Canadian. hotels. You can, yeah, this doesn't count. Moi par français. Our northern uh, yeah. you know, country, which happens to be an ally, doesn't get treated with the same respect as That's any— That's not right. No, it's not right, Howard. It's true. It's not right. A lot of things are not right, you know, and and that's my job. You know, somebody said to me, because I retired three years ago. I was done. I said, you know, I want to hang up my microphone before I hang by my microphone. I'm, you know, I'm riding high. My ratings were good. I said, now's the time to leave. And they said, well, not completely. Don't leave completely. We'll make it possible for you just to do this one hour and you can do it from your house. We'll build a studio there. Don't worry. It's all good, but we need your presence and I you know I really had to think about it because you know my husband and I have a church and it requires a lot of attention and a lot of management and I thought but you know what somebody's got to tell the truth yeah you, and, don't, you don't have the right to retire you right don't. and and that's the point is that when I started out 33 years ago in this market and I've never not been on the air for one day Okay, so for 33 years consecutive, I have been on the air anywhere from four hours a day to the one hour a day and all the in-betweens, three hours, two hours, whatever. And during that entire time, I have realized that I have become better and better and better 
And I've also become much more sure of my positions because I think when you're young, you're very open to a lot of different changes. And then as you age, you begin to see things through a very different prism. And so I was able to solidify my opinions. And when I started out, we were the most marginalized form of media, talk radio. People sneered and laughed at me and said, you're going to do what? You're an educated woman. You have a doctor. You're going to do talk radio? Are you kidding? And I said, well, I think it's a great form. It's like the last, uh, I called it the last cheers, you know, where we could get together and have conversation. Nobody was really watching us that much. We could, we had to abide by the FEC rules. We couldn't curse and things like that. Couldn't take payola, um, you know, had to know what we were talking about. But for the most part, it was the wild, wild west, and we were all enjoying ourselves dramatically. And the mainstream media was trying to be very austere and present the news as carefully and coherently as they possibly could. Now it's flipped. Now the mainstream media is all these opinions and all these yappers, most of whom know absolutely nothing about politics. Maybe they've been watching it for four years. Some of them were entertainment reporters before that, or some of them were health reporters. But politics, all of a sudden, that's where the money is, and they all switched over and became experts. And and let me mind, remind you that some of the, you know, the most highly rated show on cable network or at least it was, I don't watch anymore, is Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, I remember Tucker Carlson in the bow tie on CNN, okay? So I know who Tucker Carlson is. I know who he hangs around with and what he's been living in Washington for 35 years, and I know who he hangs around with. So the fact that he's able to put on an entertaining show, much like Bill O'Reilly did, and anybody buys the fact that he's a true conservative and understands the stuff that he's talking about is crazy as a bed bug. You can't sell that to me, because I've been doing this for 33 years, and you can't just happen into it. It has to be, you have to not care if your children don't talk to you. You know, Joyce, the last bastion of free speech in North America is talk radio. And it's, and it's failing. It, 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 I, I, I have hope. Uh, talk radio and blogs like mine, mm-hmm. uh, until they figure out how to uh, shut them down. Mm-hmm. My blog's a little bit harder because I own the blog and uh, I'm, I'm not on anyone else's uh, uh I don't know what you call it, uh, website. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep on going until they, they, they literally drag me out of, out of my premises. But, but let me explain something to you. I, talk radio in America exists primarily on the AM dial. Yep. No electric car can have an AM radio. It messes up the, the, the car. So no EV will have an AM band in it. Um, they will finish us off one way or another. You see, I, I've lived too long to believe that I'm safe. Now, will people switch over to the FM band? Will they start to carry talk radio? I doubt it. I think they will. I, 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 I think they will because... They've uh, had the opportunity what, for 33 years and not done I, it. I have this discussion all the time that you know we're being squeezed out of everything. everything. And, and, and the left control everything. However, what people don't really understand that there are so many talk good talkers on radio and, and I certainly consider you one of the best and there there are, and I'm sucking up because I want to be invited back mm-hmm. but no but I am one of the best so yeah okay. you are uh, that's not and, ego that's you know but, established but, but one of the one of the, the realities is that there are probably over a hundred million conservatives who listen to talk 
radio. Absolutely. And that's almost daily. Mm -hmm. And that's right across North America. Can well, we, we don't have conservative talk radio now. in Canada, but mm -hmm. we have it you have it in the states. And and that's going to make the difference and a lot of these broadcasters who are broadcasting on AM will switch to FM. Uh, there's also uh, uh, Sirius uh, Satellite. satellite. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they carry it. I, I listen to uh, talk on Sirius mm -hmm. when I'm in the truck. Uh, so, But it's basically big broadcasters. It's a fight. And, and it's big broadcasters on Sirius. You can listen to Fox. Yeah. You can't listen to small voices. That'll change. Well, you know, I hope you're right. I just don't believe that. I've watched the diminishing of the value of talk radio. I can tell you as a person who, you know, has been literally working in it uh, almost their whole adult life, that there was a time when I would have believed that. Don't go back uh, thousands of years. Uh, go back to, to the beginning of Marx and Marxism. They've been trying to shut people up for years and years and years. And they haven't. They haven't been able to. Uh, they, they've tried. Uh, they've been successful. Or a very short I've got a shortwave radio if things get really bad. Well, you know, it, we're not going to be silenced. It's just not going to happen. Uh, could, I, um, could I say that I'm going to be speaking tonight? Well, I've yes. already said that, didn't yes. I? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to be speaking about because I don't take notes and I, I don't speak from, from uh, uh, pre-written script. Uh, so I wasn't sure, but I had an idea. I'm going to be speaking about getting angry. <laughs> We're not angry enough. That's true. The left are angry. When you hear them speak, they scream. Look at Biden. Screams. He screams. They or, all scream. They figure if they scream loud enough, we'll hear them better. Yeah. We have to get angry. Yeah. And, and when I said jokingly, I'm going to use a four-letter word, mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to... We're, we're not really not going to piss off the FCC too much. Mm -hmm. Woke. Woke. Yeah. That's Listen, one of the dirtiest words in the dictionary. Right. But it's the new a, word is awake. You awake. see, I'm not woke. Yes. I'm awake. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're it's waking us up. Yes, they are. They're waking we gotta us take up a every break. day. Don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro. And then at 6 o'clock, the WPTV Local News. We have Lars Larson. We have Joe Paggs. We've got a whole lot going on all night long. And then Jen and Bill will be back in the morning. I have one segment left. Stay right where you are. All right, and welcome back. Winding down this program with my friend Howard Galganoff from the uh, great country of Canada, which was once a great country. Used to be. Very comparable to the United States of America. And now... You know, I look at that. How on earth did, did Justin Trudeau get elected and reelected? It's a parliamentary system. So he uh, all he needed was to win uh, enough uh, seats uh, to uh, to have a majority. And he, he doesn't have a majority. So he goes to the next party over, which is the NDP, which is a, a socialist party. It's actually a communist party. And they become part of the governing party. Uh, system with him uh he won he's a prime minister of canada with uh, 20 percent of the popular vote that's incredible. imagine 20 percent of popular vote and he's telling us how we have to live our lives uh, mm -hmm. just to go back to that speech tonight if i mm -hmm. just sure uh, so a lot of people are coming to to hear this speech uh, it's uh, in uh, point boynton beach at the uh, valencia uh, conservative club i think it is and so a lot of people want to meet me, which is I want to meet them too. And a lot of people want to meet Anne, my mm -hmm. wife, and they want to meet my dog, Tavor. 
who's a 100-pound German Shepherd. And I apologize to everybody saying Anne's not going to be there tonight and uh, because of Tavor. I mean, he's a 100-pound working-line German Shepherd who could be dangerous. Mm. And we have him. He's a beautiful dog. He's magnificent. And, and he would die for Anne and myself. He'd kill for us. And, and that's, that's the problem. problem. That's right. the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, but so many people were, were disappointed that Anne's not going to be there and Tavor's not going to be there. We've changed our minds. So if you're expecting to see Anne tonight, you're expecting to see Tavor tonight, we'll have a muzzle on Tavor and we're more, you're more than welcome to uh, meet me and Anne and Tavor. You can shake my hand. You can hug my wife. Just don't touch my dog. <laughs> he doesn't mean that. He treats his wife like a flower. A very precious flower, which is as it should be. Um, so, you know, I, I guess my my question to you now is: You're here in Florida. This is the free state of Florida, as far as I'm concerned. It is not like any other state. I'm going to California on Monday, and I dread it. You know, even though Governor Newsom has finally lifted the mask mandate. I mean, it's March of 2023, and he just lifted the mask mandate. My my four-year-old, well, he'll be four this year, grandson, has never seen the, the bottom of his teacher's face. Um, his speech is so affected by the masking and the auditory problems associated with people speaking to you or wearing masks all the time um, that it just grieves my spirit. And I'll get there, and it will be, you know, everywhere I turn. Now, there'll be homeless people shooting up in the streets, and then on every single uh, million or $5 million home, like the one my son lives in, there'll be signs uh, you know, le about liberal causes, leftist causes. And meanwhile, you know, 27 feet from his door is some guy shooting up. I love the state of Florida. Uh, I love Texas. Uh, if uh, Anne and I were ever given the opportunity to move to the States, it would be a terrible decision for us because we'd have to decide between Texas and Florida. Uh, Texas Florida, is getting purple. Flor you, you, Florida's not. Florida has the weather. Yeah. It's also— uh, It's got the uh, conservatives. Uh, well, you know, Florida's growing on me an awful lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're right about California. Uh, when we were driving—when we, when we came home last year, we actually left uh, British Columbia early— uh, we went through Washington State and through Oregon, and just at the California border, we hung a, a hard left. Make a left. Uh, and uh, we drove through uh, northern uh, Nevada. It was an incredible trip. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you're really strong of heart. Mm -hmm. it, it was a very long trip, and going through the desert and going through these mountains was unbelievable. But I'm happy we did it mm -hmm. because we'd never have that experience again going through places like Utah. But the bottom line is uh, America is the future in spite of everything that Biden and the rest are trying to do to destroy America. And they really are trying to destroy America yeah. for a one world government. Uh, America is the future, yeah, not, not just for not Americans, be, but for the world. We're not going down that easy. That's no, for sure. No, no, one's, no one who I know is going, is going to be prepared to go down without a fight. Right. Well, and you know, the only problem is, as my husband always says, so, you know, I'm, I'm, well-armed, got lots of ammo, but if they turn off the chip in my card, I won't be able to buy food, yeah. and I can't eat my guns. So they really have so many ways that they can capture us. Anyway, I have to wrap this up pretty much for now. Thank you, Howard, for coming in, and again, where are you speaking? 
I'm speaking at the Conservative Club uh, in Valencia, Florida, I guess. Valencia Valencia Reserve. Reserve. Thank you very much in Boynton Beach. And uh, everyone's welcome to, uh, to attend. Do they have to get through the gate? Uh, all they have to do is say they're coming to hear the speech, and okay. I believe I start speaking at 7 o'clock tonight, and the gates open at, I believe, 6.15. Yeah, I spoke there. It's a great crowd. You know, you'll you'll uh, be well-received. Um, and that pretty much does it for me. I'm waiting. Uh, a film crew's coming in. This is this is the, the fun stuff that happens to me and only me. This crew is coming in to have me be part of a documentary to try and convince Norwegian Americans who live in America now to be conservatives because <laughs> for some reason they think they have to be liberals. They've been fed this uh, you know, Scandinavian lie for so long that they cannot understand or embrace the fact that they are truly conservatives. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I certainly think I can make the case for conservatism. I've been making it for years now. Um, the reason that I never voted for George Bush was the moment he uttered that phrase, compassionate conservatives, I was out of there because there is nothing more compassionate than conservatism. Conservatism empowers the individual. It gives us our God-given freedoms and it enshrines them inside of a system of government that's supposed to work for us and through us, not at us. And so to make a case for conservatism is probably the easiest thing I'm ever asked to do. And to make it to people who come from socialist-leaning uh, countries and socialist countries should be much easier than uh, than trying to tell the spoiled, sassy, fat-butt Americans that, uh, that socialism is a, a dead end. Um, don't forget to check out the podcast, to also check out my new No Restraint podcast that dropped on Monday. I'm going to be uh, putting a new one up before Monday because I'll be uh, in L.A. on Monday, and that's too depressing to even think about doing a podcast, although I could go around to all the homeless people and get them to say a few words on the microphone. Thank you, Howard. Always appreciate seeing you. I'll be out of here and out of your way. Don't forget what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. And my plan is to be back here at noon if it be his will and he delays his coming. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America.